Welcome to the Place at the Table podcast and a little solo action early. I recorded a podcast earlier tonight, Sunday night, uh, with Nicole Auerbach of of the All-American from The Athletic. And we talked about a lot of stuff, but then some new information popped up. And that new information is is Florida shooting its shot with, with Chip Kelly. Now, we don't know what has happened there yet because there's no decision made on Kelly's part. But it appears Chip Kelly has some options and some good options and some money potentially being thrown his way. And that's a good way to be. That's a good place to be. If you are Chip Kelly, I wouldn't mind being there myself, having folks fight over me. It would be fantastic. But earlier Sunday, UCLA fired Jim Mora. That's another school that would probably love to have Chip Kelly as its football coach. Now, I've said all along that I, I thought the longer you went toward the end of the season, the less likely it is that Kelly would be Florida's coach. That was thinking that Florida would be the ones acting quickly. But it turns out Chip Kelly's the one deciding the timetable here, and he wants to make a decision on his own terms and in his own time. And we'll see what happens. I, I really do not know what he's going to pick. You know, Florida, you're in the SEC. You have a great recruiting ground, but there is a ton of pressure. They just fired a guy who went to the SEC championship game two years in a row. Uh, there are high expectations. They want SEC titles. They want national titles. UCLA, the expectations are not as high. But, that, I mean, they did just fire a guy who did win the Pac-12 South once and has had some good seasons, but Jim Mora had fallen off. You know, three years of Josh Rosen that, that really are, have basically been wasted. And so UCLA is in another in a position where, you know, they've got a pretty good roster. You could turn it around. The South, other than USC, is, is winnable. And... Look, they, they were pretty close to USC last night. So you think about that, you get the right guy in there, they could be the best team in the South potentially within a year or two if it's the right hire. Uh, Chip Kelly, I think, would do well at either place. Uh, I, don't, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, his, his tenure at Oregon was fantastic. You know, he changed college football with that offense. The question is, you know, how will he change again? because obviously a lot of defensive coordinators have adjusted to what he did because everybody was copying what he did. So it'll be interesting in his next act to see how does he evolve offensively because, you know, this is one of the more creative minds in the game. So he's had a year away to be in the lab and, and try to figure things out. I think this could be a fascinating situation. We're going to have to wait and see what he decides. Uh, I'm going to post this podcast. I hope he doesn't decide between – now and and when I post the podcast and when you get to listen to it, but I do think there's a you know there's a legit chance he can wind up at one of these two places and be very good very quickly. Um, you know, if if it's Florida, you have a chance to win the national title. You know, they've won two national titles in the last eleven years. If you can compete with the likes of Alabama and Georgia, and LSU on an annual basis, you can probably compete for the national title. Proud of the problem in the Jim McElwain era at Florida was 
personnel-wise, they, they couldn't quite compete with the Florida States and with the Alabamas. And you saw that at the end of McIlwain's first two seasons where they just looked like they were playing at a different level than Florida State and Alabama. They, they, you know, Florida State and Alabama were teams that could legit compete for national titles, and Florida was not there yet. So that's what Chip Kelly would have to do if he took the Florida job. At UCLA, you know, you're probably going to lose Josh Rosen. You've got to reload at quarterback, but you've got a, enough talent to compete in the Pac-12 South right away. And then if you recruit well, I think you got a good shot at USC. You know, it kind of depends on you know what happens next with USC. Does Sam Darnold come back? There's a good chance he does come back for another year, in which case they're going to be pretty good. But if you watch the UCLA-USC game, talent-wise, those teams are not worlds apart. They're not. So we will have to wait and see what happens. I will be posting this Sunday night. I know we're not supposed to timestamp these podcasts, but I feel like when you've got a fluid news situation, we probably should. So hopefully by the time you hear this in your car Monday morning, it's still accurate and true. Uh, if not, you'll know, and I'll know too, and people will let me know. But that's how these things work. It's, it's just it's crazy how fast the coaching carousel moves once stuff really starts popping. And I think when Jim Mora got fired at UCLA – that's when some stuff started popping. But now we go to my visit with Nicole Auerbach. You read her at The All-American, which is part of The Athletic. I used to read her at USA Today. She's one of the best college football reporters out there. So here's me and Nicole talking about the coaching carousel, groomers, and Baker Mayfield grabbing his junk. Welcome to the Place at the Table podcast. It is Sunday. It is November. And of course, that means someone else has gotten fired. Today's lucky winner, Jim Moore at UCLA. Getting a big old buyout, like 12 million bucks because, hey, Darren Guerrero writes checks now. I had to bring on an expert in that buyout life to talk about this. Nicole Auerbach from The Athletic. Hi, Nicole. Hi, and I just want to clarify, I do not have a $12 million buyout, so I'm not quite an expert. Not yet. 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 I'm working on it someday. Someday. Well, I listen, I know Stuart Mandel is a shrewd negotiator. <laughs> I understand that. But I think you can get that worked into your next deal. All right. So let's, Goals. I need a goal. You know, let's keep hope alive. Well, that's, that is the goal, though. The goal is to become a fired college football coach because that seems like the best life yes. ever. I mean, it, it really, it, obviously I know there's like a lot of, it's a high risk, high reward profession and there's a lot that you're doing and bringing to the table, but these buyouts are pretty much the side effect of the fact that these guys are getting way too much in general to be paid to play, to coach football. And they kind of get this, you know, great buyout life when they're, when they, you know, just lose too many games in one or two se two seasons, I guess, technically for Mora. I mean, exactly. it's a great deal. And, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of wild to me. I know it's UCLA and all, but like just that these schools can afford to pay this much to not have somebody coach. That's how badly they want them gone. Well, that's, that's the most surprising thing to me because UCLA was not the type of place that paid right. this kind of buyout. They were not, Dan Guerrero, not the type of AD that writes checks. This says to me somebody with very deep pockets or some 
somebodies, several somebodies with very deep pockets came in and said, we don't want Jim Mora anymore. And oh, by the way, Chip yep. Kelly, who seems like the perfect guy for this job, is out there as a free agent. Yes, that's what it reads like to me as well. And you have Florida and other school now Tennessee, not like Tennessee is going to get Chip Kelly, but you have other schools that are have already opened their job. And I think what's really interesting and, mm -hmm. and Andy, obviously you're aware of this too, but you know, with the early signing period starting this year, I'm, I'm not that surprised that we're seeing so many changes kind of they're, they're essentially in the middle of the season, but right at the tail end with just a couple of weeks heads up, you know, just to get a little bit of an edge and, and to have the idea that either you can get at the recruits that are committed for this early signing period for next season or you can change your recruiting class. Like it's it's going to come up so soon on right. on these new coaching changes. So I think it's really interesting that we've seen some big moves made with one or two weeks left in the season. Yeah, and and it's one of those things where I think UCLA. I, I don't know if Chip Kelly's not out there. I'm not sure UCLA changes. Yeah. I'm not sure they do this because there doesn't seem like another obvious candidate that would work there. I, I can think of a few off the top of my head that it, let's say either for whatever reason, they wouldn't want chip Kelly, which I can't imagine what that reason would be. I'm pretty sure they do. Uh, but let's say chip Kelly decided he didn't want to coach or wanted to do something else. I could see Kevin mm. Sumlin going there because he wants to go somewhere else. A&M's going to fire him. But you know, the thing is he hasn't done bad job at it he has lost a lot of quarterbacks there's no Nick Saban in the Pac-12 he, he has lost a lot of quarterbacks but what's worse losing a quarterback or squandering one yeah of his prime? I mean that's the thing and, and it got so frustrating watching UCLA but especially on Saturday just to see someone like Josh Rosen Josh Rosen's not should not be a part of a five-win team like on any on any level no um what, what's interesting with with Sumlin or anyone that's not Chip Kelly is is that worth getting rid of Jim Moore? I mean, for as much frustrations as you have, right. that financial uh, requirement is is not small. And, you know, it's sort of, I guess after Jim Harbaugh goes to Michigan, you know, anything is possible. Um, but, but Yeah, but this could be a case of a, a program actually getting right. its white whale. Harbaugh to Michigan was a white whale situation. John Gruden to Tennessee is the <laughs> ultimate white whale situation. And I, I don't... Uh, I feel sorry for the poor people at, at Calhoun's oh, restaurant. Was, I don't know. Maybe I don't feel I don't sorry know, for that was, Maybe that was a work shoot. <laughs> that was the most amazing statement I've ever seen released. A restaurant. Maybe he was here, but he probably wasn't. We got some yeah, bad yeah. info. And then, and then ESPN comes out and says, he's in Seattle. <laughs> they just supposed to, you know, like we need some photo evidence next time. It'll be like some grainy zoomed out photo that may or may not be. No, no, oh, there what? was. There was, a photo? there was a photo of the back of, of someone's <laughs> head. And it was the same hair color and haircut as John Gruden. Uh, so, of course, everyone assumed it was John Gruden. So, UCLA and Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly would be UCLA's yeah. white whale in this case. But I, I feel like he's pretty attainable. I mean, I think in terms of when you're talking about uh, – there's a whole separate conversation of, like, what he accomplished in college and his style and all that and why it didn't work at certain NFL stops. But in terms of personality and what someone prefers, I mean, you're not – the top dog in in LA. There's so many other things that people are interested in. You're, you're like, like number, number eight. eight. I, I made the list. You're, yeah, you're behind the beach for sure. I mean, and, and anything else that's like. Oh, I didn't even <laughs> include the beach. Make it nine. I mean, it's, 
but that's per that's exactly what he'd want. And I think a lot of coaches would. So I yes. think that makes a lot of sense. And I liked how in his statement uh, today on Sunday, Jim Mora mentioned, you know, oh, they're getting all these renovated facilities and stuff like the future is going to be bright <laughs> here. I mean, and those are things that when you are a new coach looking for a job where they're going to expect you to win. And, and again, the Pac-12 levels of winning are, are attainable, I think, for coaches who come from elsewhere. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you're going to have facilities, you're going to not be the, the big show in town and you're going to have a great recruiting base and be in the same league that you used to have. That's, that's the thing. All right, Nicole, where, what other job besides UCLA or USC has a massively fertile recruiting base where, where the kids will actually go to your school? Cause I'm not like Houston, you're probably not getting the five stars there right. other than Ed Oliver, but for the most part, you're not. Um, so who has a massive recruiting base, but does not live? Well, in I mean, those are like the only two jobs. Yeah. Like I that. mean, the, the other, I mean, obviously Florida is much more of a fishbowl, but that that's why people are talking about Chip Kelly to Florida because of the recruiting territory. But that's, uh, it, mm-hmm. and the fact oh, that absolutely. But it is much yes, more of and, a fishbowl. And, and, you know, Jim McElwain got to the SEC title game two years in a row and that wasn't, you know, enough. So I, I think. That's very different, but it's part of, you know, it's it's why the whole Chris Peterson, when he was at Boise State and got attached to all sorts of jobs, didn't mm-hmm. make a lot of sense in some of them because you have to, when you have a person who doesn't want the spotlight and the fishbowl and the attention and all of that, it's, there's not that many jobs that do that. And so I think. Exactly. Washington is exactly. the right place for Chris Peterson. The weird thing to me, and and going back to Harbaugh, is that there are these names of coaches who've coached in college and the pros, and they're just the names that, you know, they've had success at certain places that are hard to win at. And then just forever, every single year, that coach is is in the news cycle and is being brought up for all these jobs. And I just remember, you know, like, obviously it worked out for Michigan getting Harbaugh and you had the right guy making the hire and, and it was the right timing and, and the 49ers messed everything up at the end. And, you know, there was a lot of different factors there, but I remember telling, you know, my friends and, and who were Michigan grads, like to kind of lower their expectations and get excited about someone like Justin Fuente, who at that time was, you know, a hot rising coach at Memphis and would have been a good coach at Michigan. Yeah, he would. He is a great coach and he's, I think he's going to be really good at Virginia tech, but it's sort of like, the fans and they ended up getting proven right, which was kind of frustrating, but it was like trying to temp temper their expectations and not, you're not going to get the home run, the guy who's going to leave the NFL to come back for this. And I just feel like there's so many fan bases right now that all think, you know, like does an Arkansas fan base think they're going to get chip Kelly? Probably. There are probably people in that fan base <laughs> that think that they are. No, they think they're going to get Gus Malzahn. Oh, well, yes, yes. But if who, not, who, if by not the way, Kelly, could be playing in the SEC championship game in two weeks. Right. We don't. We don't know who's going to win the Iron Bowl yet. Right. Let's let's slow your roll on that. Although I think if I'm Gus Malzahn, even if I lose the Iron Bowl, I look at the roster I have coming back at Auburn and say, No, I'm good here. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll deal with with whatever comes next. But I'm good here. Yeah. But it's just sort of. I mean, there are Arkansas fans who think that, and and people who are donating money and want him, and it's it's just. If Arkansas makes a coaching change this season, which all point, signs are pointing that way, you're going to have maybe the fifth best job in the SEC open. 
you're not going to get some kind of depends of, on what happens to Ole Miss, I guess. Yeah. So fourth, sixth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it's like, who are you going to, who do you think you're going to get? That's the thing with some of these, some of these schools that are going to have openings. It's just sort of, you know, you just got to get your fan base kind of to lower some of these expectations. But part of it's the, the news cycle and always hearing about what Chip Kelly's doing here, Chip Kelly's doing there. But there is a lot I, I'm of, also kind of convinced middle of the pack. That, yeah, I'm also convinced that, that coaching search message board life was a precursor to today's climate where facts don't actually matter. It was definitely a precursor you, to Twitter, which is basically yeah, it's, what it, led to that. It, it's interesting <laughs> because I, I've noticed that with these message board insiders, which pretty much went away in the age of, of Twitter and Facebook, but show up during these coaching searches when there's no news. Yep. That's when they show up. And people just want to have what they believe reinforced so badly that they can't handle anything else. That's why, I, like, last week um, – some Florida site had a shot of someone getting off of Florida's plane and they took a picture and they posted that picture and it said, is Chip Kelly's agent in Gainesville? It sure looks like it. And so they took that photo and they put it next to photos of David Dunn, who's Chip Kelly's agent. It was not David Dunn. It was a guy named Scott who flies Florida's plane for a living. He's the pilot. <laughs> and... People were arguing with me after that. One guy was like, agree to disagree. I'm like, no, this is not an opinion <laughs> it's a that you can disagree with. It is a fact. <laughs> yeah. That's well, and, and then after that, it was, well, who got off the plane after him? Well, nobody interesting. At least not, not that you'd be interested in. It, schools don't go fly a coach they want's agent to campus to negotiate. They have phones for that. I, uh, I, I think it's really funny that people still track planes and stuff. And, um, I mean, literally like it just, again, since we're thinking about Florida, like the Jeremy Foley, like you're at the house taking a picture through a window of him talking to Jim McElwain. That's not, well, nor, that's not listen, how coaching the, work, the Florida usually. people, the Florida people screwed that one up. Yes, Foley but, actually did the Meyer one really well, but he did, he did some serious planes, trains and automobiles stuff when he went to get Meyer. So nobody, nobody found him going to Salt Lake. But he made, here's the key mistake he made, and, and listen here, ADs, when you're doing this. Do not take the university plane to the airport where you are going to pick up the booster plane. Drive there. So they took the, they took the university plane. It's actually the athletic department plane. They took it to Jacksonville, which it's a 70-minute drive. Just drive. Yes. I know there's some speed traps, but just I drive. We so all, we've all that, done that drive. It is not a great that drive. Plane that plane got tracked drive. to Jacksonville. And so people say, oh, well, the plane's in Jacksonville. Let's see what flights are going in and out of Jacksonville. There was a flight to Fort Collins, Colorado from Jacksonville. <laughs> that would do it. Well, guess what? No one ever flies between those two places. So that was pretty obvious. So that was easy. So, yeah, ADs, listen, fly commercial to Atlanta. Yes. And then fly wherever else because no one will know at that point. Yes. And then we can stop paying attention to people who track planes because I personally have never done it, never want to do it, but it <laughs> well, clogs Greg, my Greg timeline Byrne had daily it. this time. Greg Byrne had it right when he was the Mississippi State AD, when he hired Dan Mullen. He still won't tell me the name of the hotel because he might want to use it again, he says. But he, uh, they met at a hotel near the airport in Atlanta. 
okay? There's no better place to be inconspicuous than the Atlanta airport or O'Hare or DFW where there's a million hotels around with a bunch of anonymous conference rooms or you just get a suite or whatever. You can blend into the scenery. Your targets can blend into the scenery. That's how you handle this. And that's what, unfortunately, the, the, the message board insider types don't understand that's how these things actually happen. When yeah. now I I'm pretty sure Tom Herman met Texas at a, at the Bucky's and Waller, but that or actually no it was probably the Bucky's and uh oh I'm blanking on the on the city well it was maybe maybe it was Waller I'm not sure but it was at a Bucky's it had to be <laughs> even though Bucky's is owned by Aggies but I just want that to be the truth yes but but that's everybody else meets at like some nondescript hotel yes and it should be somewhere <laughs> like Atlanta it should be the Atlanta airport. That is the best it, place. Well, right, a major hub. Yes. So, you know, ask the coach, what's what's your best fl- frequent flyer program? Oh, you're an American. We'll see you in Charlotte. You know? Are yep. you, oh, you're United? Okay, we'll see you at O'Hare. Yep. Yep. Bring I, some tortoise fronteras. Yes. It's, 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 it's not that hard, you know, and, and so much of this, too, is like you said, it's over the phone, or if you're hiring a search firm, they're vetting and making all these calls. Like, it's not – this like long drawn out in-person conversation that everyone seems to think it is. Yeah, it's not. And, and I always laugh because my interview to be a $35,000 a year preps writer at the Tampa Tribune lasted longer than most interviews for a head college football coach. Well, you need, I think you needed to be vetted. Dollars. You really didn't need to I be did. vetted. I did seriously needed to be vetted. It was, it was a terrible vetting process. What's <laughs> funny is that the, the other guy they were interviewing actually got to stay overnight and follow a reporter out on a story, which led me to believe that I was not getting the job. But fortunately, the reporter that he uh, he shadowed happened to be my college roommate. And so <laughs> oh dear. basically the entire night was was my friend saying, you don't want to work here. You're going to hate this place. What you, where you really want to work is the Orlando Sentinel because they're doing great things over there. And so <laughs> – the guy, you know, has his formal interview the next day. I didn't know what happened. Nobody told me. But like five days later, I get a call and I get the job. And then after I'd been working there for a few years, I asked the sports editor. I was like, listen, that dude you interviewed was probably more qualified than me. How come I got the job and he didn't? He said, well, in his interview, he just kept asking about the Orlando Sentinel. <laughs> I was like, all right. So I know who I owe a, uh, another Christmas card to. Yes. Or like endless beers. But yes, exactly. That's so funny. Yes. That's real. That's a pretty good strategy. I'm gonna have to. T- I mean, it is. I, I had an inside man. Yeah, I which, like which it. only happened because somebody else got sick. <laughs> somebody got sick, and and my friend, my friend Daryl replaced that reporter who was actually Anwar Richardson who covers Texas for Orange Bloods now. Uh, Daryl Pressgraves replaced Anwar on that assignment, and there you go. So basically, someone. At ESPN, should be telling Chip Kelly that yes. UCLA, you don't want to work at you don't want to work wherever. at UCLA, yeah. you don't want to work at yeah. Florida, wherever wherever you need wherever you need to plant an you inside steer guy. Him. Yes. Where you really want to work, Chip, is Nebraska. Oh, that's, that's where you really want to go. There we go. Yeah. Let's start that rumor, Andy. <laughs> Chip Kelly to Lincoln. Come on, the the Nebraska folks seem perfectly reasonable and, and rational with all this stuff, and I'm sure they won't burn anything down if Scott Frost says no. Yeah, sure, sure. 
That's another one. That's that, one where I would have thought, and I know they've changed ADs and you have an interim guy in there, but that's one where it made sense to actually make the move before the end of the season as well. well for the No, no, Bill Moose is the guy. He's the permanent guy. Oh, is he? So, yeah, no, he's he's okay. the permanent Never guy. Never mind. Well, they had, but, the, they had the change, they had the interim, and now they have Right, the they had an interim briefly, yes. and then they've hired Bill Moose. Right. But he's also the guy who hired Mike Leach at Washington State. Right. Oh, the plot thickens. Dun, dun, dun. No, I don't. Obviously, Scott Frost will be their first choice. I have no idea if he's going to take the job or not. Right. I think if they don't get him, that's another one where the fan base, you're not going to hit a home run with with whoever you get. Even if they are a good coach, even if it makes sense, it's you're going to have that faction that always wanted to bring Scott Frost home. And especially if he goes somewhere else and doesn't just stay at UCF. Well, that's that's the thing that's that's going to hurt him if. I think it would hurt him if he stayed at UCF too, which I nobody believes me, but I think that's actually a decent plan. I don't, yeah. I don't think he's going to do it either. But they're going to be better next year than they are this year, and he'd have basically his pick of jobs again. So right. if he didn't like anything this year, he could have his pick next year. But I, I think he would probably take one of the one of the jobs that will be offered to him this year. I, and I'm not sure at this point how many that's going to be. We could have a lot more openings as of. Uh, as of this time on Saturday. So mm-hmm. that that's the thing. I mean, how crazy is this next week going to be, Nicole? Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be really fascinating. I think, you know, you have so many games that there's so much implications about. Um, I'm just thinking, you know, we were talking about Harbaugh for a while. Like Harbaugh's record versus ranked opponents has been the thing. Yeah, not, and it's, not great, Bob. Not great. Not great, Bob. And you know, they've got Ohio State and and he can't beat his rivals and he can't beat Urban Meyer. And so you have a lot of you have a lot of that stuff. Obviously, the Iron Bowl, um, you know, is as important as ever. And it's it sort of, you know, you're starting to see some of these games that are getting closer to being essentially semi uh, quarterfinals, quarterfinals for the playoffs. Exactly. And yeah. and so, like, obviously, like Clemson and Miami will be, but that's not this week. But it's just sort of like we're starting to inch towards those games that are really going to like. So, uh, does that make the Iron Bowl a round of sixteen game? Since the well, it's, the SEC okay. championship My, game will be a, will be a quarterfinal. Yes, sort of, because I sort of also think that like there's a couple of weird scenarios because it matters what everyone else does. But if Alabama loses the Iron Bowl, they may not be out. Right, right. they could do the Ohio State path from last year. Um, so so it's sort of a a. a uh, uh, Round of sixteen, but also like you're not unless you're Auburn, you're not eliminated. <laughs> if you so it's more like a game. it's more like a, a high school wrestling tournament. Alabama can get into the wrestlebacks and sure and, and still win the title. Sure. So, I don't know wrestling. You sound like but you, I'm just gonna. I was gonna say <laughs> never been to a high school wrestling tournament, have you? Nope, nope, no familiarity with that. So I'm just gonna Un- believe unfortunately, you. I spent way too much time there uh, in, <laughs> in my formative years. They smell like they smell terrible. It's uh, basically the Pfizer they use on the mats, so nobody gets ringworm. It's horrible. Ugh. Ugh. That's just lovely. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great sport. It makes a man out of you. Oh, I'm sure. Well, I also, I was a manager for an ice hockey team for a few years. That also smells oh, bad. So. That's the smelliest sport. <laughs> that is the smelliest sport yes. in sports. So I'm just going to imagine like, that in like half of that. And that was your wrestling experience. Yeah, it's basically goalie pads, except with the possibility of, of fungal infections. That's, that's basically wrestling. Yeah. How did we get onto the uh, subject? <laughs> this is what happens when I am handling the podcast. You know, like when I do radio, I, I am more laser focused because there's a producer in my ear going, stop getting off topic, stop getting off topic, take a break here, take a break here. There's none of that now. I'm on my own. 
Yes, I'm. A I little, am unfettered. You are unfettered. You you are kind of the Baker Mayfield of podcasts right now. That was the segue I was hoping for. Perfect. <laughs> we are simpatico because yes. that's where I was headed with this conversation. Because the okay. Can we agree that Baker Mayfield is still going to win the Heisman, even yes. though he grabbed his junk on national television? Okay. Totally going to win Good. the Heisman. Yes. Maybe I'm being, you know, a little stodgy old man here. But I think perhaps maybe he shouldn't have grabbed his junk on national television. Okay. Well, as a non-stodgy woman, I also think he should not have grabbed his junk on national television. But I also think that the reaction was way outsized for like a really dumb right. and immature action that he did because he was super annoyed. Uh, the thing is, he's got a he's got a history of these. I, right. The, the really, if I'm an NFL team, I'm not worried about him grabbing his junk. The really dumb and immature action that I'm particularly worried about is when he's in Fayetteville, Arkansas. He's had a few, and the cop goes, "Hey, stand here." Yeah. And he goes, he do, he pulls the hey look over there and starts running. Yeah. Like, that is a little more concerning than yelling at someone and, and grabbing your crotch. Although here's my thing. I love trash talk. I think trash talk's wonderful. Like if I were coaching a team, recruiting players, like I wouldn't even recruit corners who didn't talk trash. Right. If you were quiet in a corner, I, I, I would, I would move on to the guy who talks trash constantly. Like, I think it is great. I think it's fun. And if you're Baker Mayfield, you can say whatever you want. Like when he's told the, the Kansas captains to stick to basketball, that's funny. Yes. Like, do that. You, you don't have to grab your crotch. Yeah. On national so TV. It was sort of like uh, I, I've seen a few. I've seen some people react to sort of being like, "What are these Kansas captains thinking? Not shaking his hand and kind of getting him riled up before the game. Like, what did they think was going to happen? But that's sort of like your sentiment, right? Like, you're the Kansas yeah. captains. This is you story don't have to really do anything you. to get Baker Mayfield riled up. You could shake his hand; he'll still be riled up. Yeah, that's yeah. who he is. You could even just like you could have even just like pretended that like, you know, he Kansas didn't recruit him or something that was like some perceived slight. And it would have worked the same. It would have worked the same. So, you know, I have been someone who likes the the I'm just going to be me and do me. I loved the flag planting in Columbus. I was there. Yeah, I didn't have any problem like with the flag kind of planting either. He, he planted his flag and, all over them for the previous three hours. So it was a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there were, there were so many Ohio state fans who felt that way that they were like, well, if you play that way, you can do whatever you want. But I agree with you. I mean, certainly the, the way that you handle uh, a run in with the, in the law when you are drinking is, is a bigger problem and a bigger deal, but also again, not enough not to get someone the Heisman, which is, is really interesting because there's so many people are getting up on high horses about all of this, that these incidents, these three incidents where he's had to apologize publicly, um, suddenly disqualify him from an award that we literally just give to who is the most outstanding football player. Jameis Winston, Johnny Manziel have won the Heisman in the past few years. Cam Newton. They've had their, They've had their run-ins. Cam Newton was dealing with, you know, yeah, the the situation with Mississippi State and all that stuff. So, yeah. And here's the thing. You you vote for the Heisman too, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. The ballot says select the most outstanding football player in the United States. That's all it says. Yep. <laughs> like, I, I feel like that's fairly clear. That's a fairly clear instruction to me. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, people always make a lot of – make a fuss about that, the line about, you know – playing hard and, and, you know, doing well with integrity. And 
you know, the next sentence there, it basically just says, okay, like they work really hard and they're talented. Like it's, it's yeah. not like that they are this, Upstanding. Well, but that's not in the ballot instructions either. It's also either. not. It's not in the ballot instructions. And also, I don't know anyone. And me and you have talked about this because we. I wrote about it after uh, when we had Marcus Mariota, the nicest guy ever, to win the Heisman, and there was no off-field controversies with any of the finalists. And it was just sort of no one was letting that decide how they were going to vote anyway. Like no one was deciding yeah. based on, well, I think he's a better person. I do know people who did not vote for Jameis Winston because this was just days after he was not going to be charged um, during sexual assault, assault allegations. So I understand people. And again, this is everyone's individual right I, to vote. I know people who didn't vote for Tim Tebow because he was a sophomore. Okay. Yeah. I mean, people, <laughs> people could do whatever they want, but at the end of the day, most of the people vote for the best football player, which is how these guys win. And so right. to me, like or the best quarterback or running back on a national title contender, but well, that's basically, that's, that's, that's another that's, argument for another day. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, another argument for another day, but it's just sort of crazy to me that people would, I mean, it's dumb. And I thought that Baker's apology was heartfelt about thinking about kids watching him do this stupid thing on television. Well, he, here, Here's the funnier thing. Remember the scene of the Kansas captains in, in Mayfield? There were two little kids out there. I'm assuming they were Kansas fans who won a contest. Yes. Watching all this. Like... Who goes out there going, oh, we're not going to shake any hands when they got two little kids standing next to him? Right. Them. Well, they didn't shake his hand either, which would have been even funnier if they, yeah. like, stepped in. And <laughs> That's what he should have done. <laughs> See, if Baker had truly wanted to, to one-up those Kansas players, he would have shaken those little kids' hands <laughs> and walked away. That would have been tremendous. Uh, yes. Well, and, and, and there's one other, not to, well, I'm about to take a shot at Kansas, and I apologize in advance. But the, uh, the idea that people are watching a Kansas football game with their children is also not, I don't think that's something that people do on Saturdays. So I don't know how well, many people are watching this, but would you want to expose your children to Kansas football? Exactly. Exactly. That's it. So anyway, I, it's I mean, not I, safe for work. I thought his apology was good and heartfelt and it was a really dumb thing he did, but I sort of also like, and Lincoln Riley obviously has been put in this situation a few times after Baker's done things, but I like that they're sort of like, there was no excuse for this, but also like, you know, he is a heated guy. He's a fiery guy. He's a competitor. This is just sort of how he is. And you're not going to be able to stop him from feeling slighted or from, you know, reacting when he thinks that they're, they're cheap shots. And so like, I sort I admire that they just kind of let him be him and they don't completely like clamp down on him and like, or, or take can, him away can, from the media or anything like that. Can you imagine what the conversation was between Mike Houck, the Oklahoma SID, and, and Lincoln Riley as they were walking to midfield for, for the end of that game. I'm sure Lincoln Riley's exact statement was probably, what did Baker do now? <laughs> it was like a crotch grab. A crotch grab, which was blurred out by ESPN. I don't know. If that you was the that. best part <laughs> that they blurred out the crotch grab. Like we can't tell what's going on. That was so funny. Now I, I think there's something more sinister at play. What under the pixels? It, it made me. Yes, I agree. It made me think that something really bad happened. It's 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 like when you randomly beep out words. Yes. You can you can randomly beep out words from any sentence and make it sound totally dirty. In fact. What I may do when I edit this podcast, Nicole, is just randomly beep out some of our words. I think you should do that because it's the exact same effect as as blurring out his crotch when you don't he's he's fully clothed, but you don't know that. And it just looks bad. 
and also it made drew more attention to me when I was watching the highlights. I was like, oh my god. Like I'd seen it hey, plenty of times. But what did he do? What did he do? What did he do? Well, don't worry. It was captured live. <laughs> And you got to see it in all its glory because all the screen grabbers got it and, and yes. put it out on social media very quickly. So if you actually want to see his hand touch the fabric of his pants, you can. Well, I It's think, on the internet. I think I'm just going to watch the blurred out version because it makes me laugh every time. So I'm probably just going to watch so that one It's so much more now fun that way. <laughs> yeah. This, this, is, this is what happens when you have a day like Saturday with some games that just, eh, they're not good. This is... It's not a good slate yeah. of games, and this is what we end up talking about afterward because we could we could have been talking about games, but uh, Miami came back and and did not lose to Virginia. Uh, Wisconsin did not lose to Michigan. Every stat, the status quo was maintained, so of course we've got to find something else to talk about. Yeah, I actually think if this had happened one of the last two weeks, it would have totally blown over because there would just been so noticed. much actual football to talk about. Oh yeah, if this had happened next week then you'd have never heard about it. Yes, totally Because there's so much stuff going on with playoff implications. And that's that's the thing. This week's going to be exciting. Nicole, what, what, are your, what are your Thanksgiving plans? How are you handling the Thanksgiving and then into Black Friday football and Saturday? I am going to be home with my family in New Jersey and on the couch for Saturday, which I'm actually really excited about. Went to Michigan-Ohio State last year, which was obviously a great game and super exciting. But it's also... There's just so many this year that I want to make sure I can watch. Like, I would have been frustrated. Let's say you go to Michigan, Ohio State this year or the Iron Bowl, whatever. Like, you, you're you going to miss something somewhere else. And that's the hardest part is, you know, about covering games in person mm -hmm. is kind of feeling really disconnected from everything else. So I will be on my couch, probably make some hot cider, maybe Ooh. throw in a little rum, some spiced apple cider. It'd be delicious. There you go. And watch some football. So that's what I'll be doing. Are you going to be at the Iron Bowl? I will be at the Iron Bowl. I did the same thing you're talking about on November 4th. I looked at that that list of games, and there were about 10 that I really wanted to follow closely. And I was like, there's no way I can go to a game and, yep. and still be able to follow all of this. And I was glad because that was a, a Saturday that kind of really shaped the season, and I felt like I, I got a good sense of what was going on. Uh, but, no, I will be at the Iron Bowl this time because – the last time the Iron Bowl was for the SEC West title, I was supposed to go, but I could not go because the bosses wanted me to cover Florida, Florida State in Gainesville, which was 2013. Jameis Winston was still under investigation. The, the investigation would not close until the following Thursday or Friday. I think the following Friday. No, it was the following Thursday. Um, so they said, you know, because we don't know when they're going to close that investigation and we don't know what's going to happen with it just in case, you know, Flor Florida State is undefeated on route to a national title here. You need to be there in case something crazy happens. So I went to a very lopsided Florida State Florida game in Gainesville and the kick six happened. Wow. That <laughs> yeah. is brutal. That is so yeah. brutal. Yeah. Well, I if you're just home pleased. and you're not somewhere else, you don't feel like that's the same feeling like during the NCAA tournament when you're at a site and you miss like the biggest oh, upset. Yeah. Um, but yeah, exactly. I, uh, I did not go to that, but you know, our colleague Dan Wolken had a quite the streak cause he had that game. And then when was the Michigan, Michigan state game that was decided like 
on the very that final. That was 2015. Play. Okay, yeah. so he had both of those, and he had something else that was kind of crazy in the middle. And I was just well, wasn't, like, how wasn't do he you also have this? at the Auburn Georgia game two weeks before that Iron Bowl? Yes, yes. He is. So had, he, yeah, he, he, he got the, the miracle run. on the planes and the kick six. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I was standing with George Schroeder in the visiting media room at Nebraska when that miracle on the planes happened. And all we saw was Twitter explode with, oh, oh, my, oh, my, you know, how just all you see is, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And so we're all trying to get our phones to call up what happened. And people weren't as good at clipping little video moments in 2013 as they are now. So it took us a little while to get back. And then finally somebody calls it up and we're all like huddled around somebody's phone watching Ricardo Lewis catch that that care. And was like, wow, wow, wow. So, yeah, that's. That's the thing. It's it's you never know when something like that's going to happen. But I feel like if the SEC West title is on the line in the Iron Bowl, it's going to be worth attending. Yes. Yeah. We have we're going to have two people there. Um, Stu's going to be there and Jason Kersey. So I'm sure I'll, you know, feel a little FOMO watching on TV, but also I'll be sitting on my couch lounging, drinking cider with rum in it. Exactly. Drinking. You, can't, you cannot cider drink with rum. any rum in the press box at Auburn. At least, well, you well, could, but I don't recommend it. Right, or at least not until after the game. But yeah, I, uh, I, I will be pretty content about that. I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little resting up for the, for the final push here, That's but good. also, so hanging out, with fam. It'll be good. Well, it'll be good. Before I let you go, it is the Sunday before Thanksgiving, so I have to ask this question: What dish are you most looking forward to at Thanksgiving dinner? Ooh, good question. Um, I'm going to go with my mom makes this really great corn souffle Ooh, with like yeah. a bunch of different types of cheeses melted Big on top. Big fan of that. Phenomenal. Very That's nice. what I'm looking so, forward to. She'll make, she'll make two of them cause it's the biggest hit. At my wife has a family friend who brings that, you know, something similar to that to every occasion. And if she does, if she shows up without it, she's in big trouble. So, uh, that's sort of like our family. We do pepperoni bread, which oh. I started, started making. I'll make it for you sometime. And that's like the thing. My grandma always used to bring it to everything. My mom brings it to everything. I bring it to everything. So we have that. It's just not super Thanksgiving. But it'll be there oh. because it, has it doesn't to be have there. to be Thanksgiving. If it's delicious, no. it's all, that's all that matters. I, it is very delicious. I'll make it for you sometime excellent. on one of these. When we have a not a cookie bake off. We'll do like a pepperoni bread versus. Well, I'm zero and one in the cookie bake off, so I, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta redeem myself somehow. So I, maybe maybe I'll make my mac and cheese while you make the pepperoni bread. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, because I'll, I'll do the good. mac Deal. and cheese with bacon in it. It's I, I have to I have to make some of that for Thanksgiving, so I'll I'll have practiced. But well, next time we all find ourselves at Dan Wilkins house, we'll 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 <laughs> he's he's gonna get sick of us just cooking in his kitchen. I mean, I wouldn't get sick of like, you know, pepperoni bread and mac and cheese, though. I think I think as long as we diversify, we'll be fine. All right. Nicole Auerbach from the All-American. That's the college football site at The Athletic. You can follow her on Twitter at Nicole Auerbach. And you guys also have a podcast, right? Yeah, we do. It's called The All-American Podcast. It's uh, me, Chantel Jennings, and Max Olson. So you can also find that on iTunes or wherever Podcasts are sold. No, you don't have to buy them. Yes. I just like saying wherever X is sold. So, all right. Even though they're free. They are very much free. This one's free. You get your money back if you don't like it. (laughs) Thank you, Nicole. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for having me.